0: Welcome to the Mayo Clinic Cardiovascular Continuing Medical Education Podcast. Join us each week to discuss the most pressing topics in cardiology and gain valuable insights that can be directly applied to your practice.
1: Hello, I'm Steve Kapetsky, a preventive cardiologist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and today we'll be talking about frailty. It's a great pleasure to introduce Dr. Carmen Terzik, is the immediate past chair of physical medicine rehabilitation here at Mayo in Rochester, and now she's the chair of our cardiac rehab clinic, which is a very extensive and going clinic. So, welcome, Dr. Turzik.
0: Thank you very much for the invitation. Glad to be here.
1: Great to have you. You know, this frailty has gotten to be a big deal in recent years, and frailty, even now, is a way one of the four major ways of dying. Yes, having frailty. What, how, what is frailty? How do you define it?
0: Yes, frailty is defined as a biological syndrome that, that reflects the state of decreased physiological reserve and a vulnerability to stressors. stressor. So patient or individual are more vulnerable to any, let's say, disease or acute stressor and the capacity to heal and recovery from this condition the, the, diminish. And it's associated to age, but not necessary. So we have younger patients that they can be frail as well. Mm-hmm. And in general, how there is a phenotype that describes a, a frailty pay, a frail patient. And this phenotype is characterized by muscle weakness. So our patients have muscle weakness, impaired mobility, slowness, physical inactivities. They are more fatigued, exhausted. They have weight loss, unintentional weight loss. And there, is, there are, in many of them, cognitive impairment, mood disturbance, and um, history of falls as well.
1: So you described many physical attributes. Does it go into the spiritual realm, the mental realm, the you know resilience realm also?
0: Involve everything, yes. Involve uh, the mental, the physical, the the quality of life, uh, mobility. Involve uh, many of these uh, areas as well. So that's the reason why in many occasions it's difficult for us to do a full assessment. So there have been many ways to assess uh, frail patients. And uh, we uh, use uh, a, a, a specific one, and we can talk about that. Uh, but the, I think that the, a full assessment of frailty should take in consideration all these this, uh, aspects: cognitive aspect, uh, mobility aspect, fatigue, activities, and some nutritional component as well.
1: All the above. All the above. So, do we have a, a you know, codified or set way to measure a patient's frailty?
0: Yes, yes, yes. So there are uh, some um, very specific tools that we can use to measure frailty. So one of them that we use more often is the um, Fried, fried uh, assessment. And this assessment takes consideration uh, basically five aspects. Yeah. One of them is uh, intentional weight loss. So how many pounds the patient have lost in the last year and the cutoff is around 4.5 kilos, unintentional. Mm-hmm. Exhaustion is a self-reported, so uh, how difficult it is for them to do some of the common uh, activities of daily living. Then low physical activity, how many kilocalories a week. So you can ask simple questions or you can quantify with some of the already established uh, questionnaire to, to measure physical activities. Mobility, walk speed. So there is uh, some tests like the gait speed test where you test the how fast the patient can stand up, walk, and come back to the chair. And also weakness. And the weakness, you can uh, objective measure using the, the grip strength. And there is some specific uh, parameters to follow that. So those are the most uh, used. And I have been very well validating multiple um, uh, clinical trials and setting. And this can give us a uh, con- uh, Depending of how the patient do on all these uh, five uh, point five aspect, you can define the patients as no frail, pre frail, or frail.
1: So, what what is the name of the tool we use here?
0: It's the Fried tool. F
1: R A I L.
0: F R I E D.
1: I, I E D. Fried. Yes. Mm-hmm. I got you. Now, is it the same for men and women?
0: Yes, but uh, the same assessment, but the, the what is considered a normal pre-frail or frail change depending if it's uh, women or men.
1: So the norms are different for them. The norms
0: are different. Yeah, how yeah. about
1: with age? Just, I mean, it seems like we would become more frail as we age, but is that not true?
0: This is not true. I mean, but normally a frailty, it's uh, go together with age. So we get less younger. I don't like to use the word age. <laughs> we, we have, uh, so the incidence of, of the probability for us to get to be frail improve. For, for example... If you are older than 65 years old, it's around 6.5% uh, the, the prevalence of frailty in, in this population. But if you get close to, or be older than 80 years old, close to 90, it's 25%, so it's a huge percent. But we have a younger patient also that, that if they have chronic severe medical condition, you can see that they, this may affect their level of energy, the physical activities, losing weight, and all of these are parameters uh, or, or phenotype that define uh, frailty. So we have younger patients that can be frail. So I, what I recommend uh, is uh, we for sure test, do frailty assessment in all our patients older than six, uh, 65 years, but also taking consideration. It's a clinical judgment if you see a younger patient that... Uh, that you see that the, the mobilities increase, that they have lost weight, they have many comorbidities. So you should do this assessment as well. And why it is important? Because uh, this is going to really impact outcome. Even if you have a successful medical procedure, if patient is frail, the chance the, the, of complication, even death, in, increase significantly.
1: So that and that's a somewhat controversial area. If we find the patient's very frail, they may not respond as well to interventional therapy, say a TAVR. Do we ever say, okay, you're too frail to undergo these procedures?
0: We can say so, but the good news is that we can do intervention and reverse. Probably we will not reverse completely, but really reverse many of the components of, of, of the element of, of uh, frailty. And there is a nice studies uh, from Mayo Clinic and other institutions showing that if you do, like we call pre-rehab, prior Mm -hmm. any intervention, the outcome improves significantly.
1: Prehab works.
0: Yeah, prehab works.
1: And what is Pre and post. How long is it? What's our general prehab time?
0: Every patient is different. It's different. So we start with a program. uh, one month, I mean, four to six week program, but uh, some patients respond before, so some patients require a more prolonged program. So you need to do continuous assessment of the strength of the patient, you know, gait speed, and and see if some of the nutritional aspect of the individual have improved as well.
1: And are those prehab programs done in physical medicine, in cardiac rehab, where, where do they both.
0: go? Both, both, yes. And even even in uh, internal medicine geriatric department, there have uh, been a huge movement to do, to first of all, to assess frailty in uh, this population, but also to do intervention. Even if, if uh, the patient is pre frail so you don't wait until the full phenotype is, mm-hmm. is, in, dis- is in display to, to do the intervention. And
1: are those hospital-based or outpatient-based, or can the patient do them at home?
0: They can do it at home. It's an outpatient-based, the majority of them, yes. And we can do it at home. Nutrition and exercise are the key component of this uh, program. Be sure that the patient have uh, adequate nut- nutrition in terms of the uh, calories uh, per day and a good distribution, right distribution of protein uh, in this in the diet and also supplements. Vitamin D have been shown to be excellent and really help to improve the, the frailty uh, phenotype. And exercise, and the interesting is that the Sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle, it's one of the cornerstone key element of, uh, of frailty because it's, first of all, affect mobility of the patient, increase the risk of fall and uh, fatigue. So it's, uh, it's go together with many of the elements of a frail patient. So exercise with focus on, on strengthening exercise are the ones that really have the most impact in this uh, patient. So in our cardiac rehabilitation program, we, when we, we are doing frailty assessment on all of our patients, and we are going. We are now doing more emphasis in strengthening exercise in this patient. Of course, the aerobic component is there, but we devote uh, more time for the strengthening component, at least in the initial phase of the cardiac rehab.
1: Excellent. Now, you mentioned sarcopenia. Is that a tissue diagnosis, a clinical diagnosis? How do you make that?
0: There is many ways to do it, uh, but the, the strength of the individual doing, for example, the hand or the um, strength with the hand grip, mm-hmm. this uh, can uh, give us some indicator of, of the sarcopenia, but also you can do DEXA and, and or you can do MRI on a specific area like the thigh, and you can have a more objective uh, measure of uh, of the sarcopenia.
1: Then the the Fried index and the frailty uh, evaluation we do does it predict also any events, cardiac events or big events in life?
0: It predicts uh, uh, hospitalization, rehospitalization, and death. So frail patient they have 3.5 more risk of die in the next few two or three years than other patients. Even they are considering. Palliative care some patients that are very frail and, and old and and is uh, that they have any other condition that limit how much intervention you can do. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, is it's really uh, the impact is is tremendous. So the if we of course intervene and we reverse the frailty, we of course decrease the risk of death, the risk of rehospitalization, and also improve the quality of life. Another aspect we are talking about cardiovascular care, but. Also, we, we, the impact of a reverse frail phenotype on falls is huge. And you know when a patient older than 65 years old have a fallen fracture, the chance that he or she will be dead in the next two or three years is almost 50% is huge. So, so that's the impact in, in, in cardiovascular risk factor and cardiovascular death and any other medical condition is huge.
1: So we really have to have a multifactorial team. who. You mentioned diet, you mentioned physical therapists, exercise, physiologists, uh, obviously physicians. Who else is in that team?
0: Well, depending on the other, besides, you know, the cardiology in our cardiac rehabilitation program, but depending on other comorbidities that the patient has that may impact also the recovery of, of some of the intervention that we could do for for FLT, then we need to involve the specific uh, individual patient with diabetes, patient with hypertension. So uh, renal disease of any other conditions so ne- neuromuscular diseases. So we should in- include the specific specialist uh, in the team.
1: So, do we give uh, the patient any feedback? It seems like these frail patients, especially elderly, need some feedback and say, "You're doing a good job. Keep going." Do we give them feedback on strength or creatinine improvement or blood sugar? Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, we do. We do that because we do this assessment in the beginning and at the end of the program, specifically in cardiac rehabilitation. So they they know how well they did with the specifically with the strength. They are very very eager to know if they improve the muscle strength, but they they come to uh, and tell us. Uh, spontaneously, look, and now I can go upstairs and downstairs, and I feel less fatigue, and I, I have more energy. I feel that I'm sleeping even better. I'm able to carry, you know, chopping back and, and uh, without stopping. So they come, they, they they note that the the intervention how improve the overall uh, state of health, and they tell us uh, spontaneously how they're doing. But we do a formal assessment. And if these patients still have not improved, then we, we modify what we are doing, specifically the exercise prescription.
1: So frailty is something that's real. We can assess it. We can intervene on it. And it helps predict future events, either with treatment or even without treatment? Yes. And any certain diagnosis, we should really think about assessing someone's frailty.
0: In any specific condition, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say that you, you should assess this in every patient older than 65 years old. And an only uh, we are talking, not only if the patient have any cardiovascular condition, but even preventive medicine. When the patient, as as we check uh, weight uh, and temperature, blood pressure, this should be one of the parameters that uh, that we should check in our patient older than 65. I, I did mention before, but it's important to know that uh, the frail uh, phenotype is more common in women than men. Paying specific attention to women older than 65, it will be important.
1: It also seems, you know, with the calorie intake and the weight parameter, it's somewhat biased towards frailty being in the underweight people rather than the overweight. But I assume the overweight can certainly have that problem too.
0: Yes, yes, they can have too. And uh, because, the, as you know, the fact that you're overweight doesn't mean that you are, you're healthy. As some of, in the past, some of our grandparents used to think about that. But no, it's, a, it's a, as I mentioned before, the vitamin, uh, vitamin deficiency also plays an important role. When I, so that when I, uh, I was talking about part of the assessment is checking if the patient have lost weight in the last uh, 12 months, This is a very fast way to do the assessment. So this is part of the assessment. So now when we identify our patient is frail, we need to get into more deep evaluation. So, for example, be sure that the hemoglobin is within normal. And if not, correct that. Do some assessment of vitamin D deficiency or other type of vitamin, uh, ferritin. So we need to take in consideration other aspects of nutrition review, of course, the nutrition and the calorie intake. But most important, not, not so much about how many calories? This is important, but where the calories are coming from, because this patient, the majority of them, they have hypoproteic uh, you know, diet, and this is impact also the sarcopenia. We cannot develop or improve the muscle strength or the muscle mass if we don't have an adequate protein intake together with adequate exercise program. So that's what we need to, so so the initial assessment gave us, okay, an indication this patient is frail. Now we have to go into more, let's say, in the nutrition, more in-depth assessment of their nutrition status and also more in-depth assessment of uh, all the uh, physical and um, aspect and exhaustion, fatigue, and physical activities.
1: That's a great discussion. And then finally, for our practitioners out there listening, how can they quickly assess this? Is there a phone app? For the Fried Index, or <laughs>
0: there are no, but there is a nice uh, uh, article escaped from for me the, the, the name of the author, but you can check. Uh, evaluated frail patient and they and no frail patient, and they identify that rapid test is just to do the the grip strength. So yeah. if you have a dynamometer in your office; it, it, it will not take you more than one minute. Just right. to ask the patient to squeeze that, and, and you have the normal norm. I mean the normal value for gender, and then it can give you an indication of the patient. The other Very question good. is uh, history of fall. I mean we should ask this to our patient. You are falling or not? You feel weak or not? And then when you put these two these together, that can give you an idea. And then you from there can go do in- assessment. Sure. In-depth assessment, specific okay. assessment. But the hand grip and a question about falling and physical activities is, is simple. And we yeah, should that do
1: that. Okay, we'll get that article and we'll have a reference for it on the uh,
0: on the final yes, podcast.
1: That's great. Well, Dr. Herzog, it's been a great discussion. Thank you for visiting. Any final words on frailty? Other than uh, think of it and recognize it?
0: I, yes, I think that this will be important. Think uh, uh, of it in, our, in every single patient older than 65. Recognize, intervene, because it's going to impact. Whatever intervention, medical or surg- surgical intervention you are doing with your patient, being frail or not, will impact the outcome. And then important, nutrition. I will say keep in mind nutrition and exercise at the cornerstone in the treatment of frail, and it can be reversed. And it doesn't matter if your patient yeah. is 90 years old or 20 years yeah. old. Think about that. your each, uh, each patient. Now,
1: you know, we this is what we, you know, our most overworked phrase in medicine is uh, eat healthy and get plenty of exercise. Have you found it's different when you approach the patient differently and say, you know, we've assessed your frailty, you are frail, and then say in different words, eat healthy and get plenty yes. of exercise. Do they respond better, do you think? Yeah,
0: they, they respond. They respond and they... If you explain to them what is important to do, that it's not only it's not only to make you strong. I always tell the patient we don't want you to become a, another Arnold Schwarzenegger. We want, but we want you to have a, um, a good strength, that and a good nutrition that will allow you to fight your medical condition, and uh, so that with the medication other the intervention that we're going to do, together with from your side being strong and eat well. Together as a team, we're going to fight Correct. medical condition. Correct. Regardless, I mean, we're talking about hypertension, diabetes, any cardiovascular uh, disease. or So Any, I know that we are focusing more on cardiovascular in, in this uh, podcast, but uh, any other chronic condition and for prevention, too. So we are not going to wait until our patients are frail to to reverse the the phenotype. we We should bring these discussions as our patient that we follow are getting older and older or less younger.
1: So yes, less younger. okay. Well, Dr think this is a great discussion, and you have great clinical expertise and knowledge, and thank you for sharing with us today.
0: One final word, exercise is the best medication that we have.
1: Yes. It is It is medicine.
0: I'm trying to finish any type of presentation or discussion about that. So exercise is the best medication. Yes, if
1: I can only add to that just one other little, that uh, it's better to eat your your food as medicine rather than to eat your medicine as food. Oh, that's very
0: good. <laughs> that's okay. very good, too. <laughs> okay.
1: Thanks for being here. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions about the podcast by emailing cvselfstudy at mayo.edu. Be sure to subscribe to the Mayo Clinic Cardiovascular CME Podcast on your favorite platform and tune in each week to explore today's most pressing cardiology topics with your colleagues at Mayo Clinic.
1: This has been a Mayo Clinic Podcast.